As entrepreneurs, we love building wealth. I mean, the capital markets work. As we deliver more and more value to our clients, our customers, we're able to create tremendous wealth. The problem with that, though, and when we survey you, the fourth biggest concern is protecting that wealth. Today's world, I don't have to tell you about all the different ways that you can have your assets unjustly taken from you. Today, we've got a twofer as a special guest. Unbelievable, successful entrepreneur who's going to share how he's built a tremendous business, the nation's largest asset protection legal service. He is an amazing individual. He's working with fellow entrepreneurs like you to protect over $5 billion in assets, 4,000 clients worldwide. And I've asked him to join us for two reasons. One, to show us really how he's built this great business, but second, to share with us how we can protect our assets. I'm John Bowen. You're at AESNation.com. You don't want to miss this. Ordinary success? No way. You want amazing, remarkable, exceptional breakthroughs. Dig deep. Think bold. Drive hard. Watch yourself soar beyond your dreams. AESNation.com Douglas, how are you doing? Uh, thank you for joining us and sharing your insights on building business and protecting assets with our audience. Yeah, well, great to be here, John. Thanks for having me. Well, you know, you've, you've done some amazing things, and we've got some uh, good mutual friends who said, you know, John, you got to have them on the show, your fellow entrepreneurs, uh, whether they're on video or whether they're on audio uh, podcast, they're going to love hearing from Doug. And, you know, just uh, before we turned on the recorder, the, the opportunity to visit with you, I, I know they're right. And what I'd like to do is, you know, I, I mentioned we want to go into two things, the entrepreneur side as well as the asset protection. But, you know, I'd love to hear from you, you know, kind of the backstory. How did you get to where you are today as you know, one of the, the nation's largest asset protection attorneys? Well, it's, um, you know, it's interesting. Attorneys don't have a marketing mindset. They don't have a business mindset for the most part. Um, and they just kind of, you know, they kind of do their thing. Um, my, my partner was my brother, Benjamin, and my father, Gary, who's a lawyer. And they brought, particularly my brother, brought this entrepreneurial sales culture. And what ultimately happened is we didn't treat it like a law firm, even though it is. We treated it like an entrepreneurial adventure. And um, we marketed like heck. We were on the road 40 weeks a year for five years building it. Um, we built a database. We learned how to market. We learned how to use the internet. All the things that lawyers traditionally haven't figured out. And um, the results have been great. Um, we had a little luck. Asset protection became a, a, a huge concern over the past 10 years. Um, and we were positioned, you know, right place at the right time. No, that's great. And, and you take advantage of it. And one of the things that I love about, you know, growing a business, and you certainly, you and your, uh, your, your brother and father have grown a dramatic business, is that you let the marketplace tell you what's working. And, right. uh, you know, this is a, the Internet has become such a great facilitator of getting information and making this happen. You know, how did you, you know, there, there are so many issues uh, that attorneys can help entrepreneurs with. How did you land on asset protection? 
Well, yeah, that's a great question. Um, that was serendipity. My father, who's been an attorney for almost 50 years now, um, he did real estate syndications in the in the 70s and 80s, and um, he was in Arizona. And what happened is in the mid-80s, we had the SNL crisis, and they used limited partnerships to set up these syndications. What happened is a lot of the, the members of the limited partnerships, the clients, had financial difficulties because of the crisis. What they learned is that the limited partnership actually protected their assets. So the banks that were trying to get in there couldn't, couldn't reach it. Um, and so my father said, wow, that worked really well. These clients all settled for pennies on the dollar. Um, what if we did this on purpose? And really, again, serendipity, other attorneys at the time were, were, were working on the same problem, which is how do you specifically set up legal structures to protect assets? So it was really an organic outgrowth of him seeing it work firsthand with his clients. Well, that's what I love is that, you know, the most successful entrepreneurs I've had the opportunity to meet and work with, uh, they've gone ahead and what they've done is they've, you know, they're out in the marketplace and the marketplace has told them what's right. working and then they, they run with it. So, I mean, let, let's go into a little bit from the standpoint of, uh, you know, you now, you, you, you're, you're, you really found that asset protection was kind of the right area that you could specialize in. Let's take it a little step further. And, you know, did you start locally and then expand? Did you get the client service kind of the experience? How, how, what, what order did you build it out on? Uh, no, we, we focused on going where the need was. So who needed our services were successful entrepreneurs, definitely doctors and professionals that have a lot of personal liability. Um, and again, the 80s, 90s asset at, at lawsuits were rampant. I mean, it, it, the, the, um, and I said lawyers don't know how to market. The one exception to that, of course, is plaintiff's attorneys. They figured out how to market really well. Um, I mean, right down to TV and, you know, billboards and massive campaigns. So that was happening at the same time. So we actually traveled all around the country. Um, we were sometimes my brother and father and I were all at a different speaking engagement in a different state on the same weekend. Um, so we went where the clients were. And that meant going to, you know, conferences and seminars where uh, those people were and speaking about asset protection. And then, again, coming back from those and not acting like lawyers, we acted like, okay, here's, you know, here's leads. Let's process them. Let's drip on them. Let's call them. Let's sell. Um, and so, you know, we just, we just built it like you would build any business with a lot of effort and, and particularly in the beginning and uh, just good systems. Yeah, I know it is. I mean, this is the part, you know, we, we've talked about is, you know, it's persistency. It's yeah. uh, tenacity you you mentioned earlier before we turn on the recorder is you know you just have to keep on doing it and what i love is the market gives you feedback and if you can just find that one area and this is no matter where you are in business whether you're you know really just getting started to you're hugely successful the market will point you in a direction and i'm in silicon valley you know we, we get taught to fail quick you know you yeah. test something if the market tells you it doesn't make sense you pivot and, uh, you know, you did some pivoting, you got that, you get out in front, you put the systems in place. Uh, you know, there's so much value there. But I, I want to switch now, um, Douglas, and kind of go to the asset protection side. As entrepreneurs, when we survey, uh, you know, what we see, the, 
successful entrepreneurs, there's five things that they want on their personal financial side. You know, number one, they want to make smart decisions about their personal money. Okay. Number two, they want to mitigate taxes. Uh, you know, they want to pay no more than their fair share. Number three, what they're looking for is they want to take care of their heirs. They want to have those plans in place for that. Number four, and you know, it's pretty high up, and, and we find that once people get over a million dollars of assets, uh, financial assets, 58% are concerned with number four, and it's a rising number, is they want to protect their assets from being unjustly taken. And then lastly, uh, of the big five concerns we see is the charitable side. So you're focusing on something that, you know, well over half the entrepreneurs, probably today, you know, if we we're uh, focused on the a million plus or a five million of revenue plus, I'd say it's about two thirds are concerned with. And, and maybe let's talk about why they're concerned. I mean, is their concern justified? Well, yeah, I mean, here's the thing that I've learned dealing with, you know, thousands of clients is that it's justified because the single biggest headwind that we face as entrepreneurs is ourselves, our own fear, um, our own, our own uh, it, you know, inability to uh, face the challenge that's ahead of us. And when you're afraid that something you're going to do is going to cause you to lose what you've already built, you become more and more conservative. And so the biggest message that I've gotten from my clients is that by doing the asset protection, what I've done is I've freed myself from the worry that I might make that one mistake and cause complete financial devastation to my family. Um, and so they're right to be concerned. If for nothing else, then it will be a reduction of the fear that's holding them from making their next leap. Um, now, why do they have that fear in the first place? Lawsuits. Um, are they right to worry about lawsuits? I mean, to me, the answer is clearly yes. I mean, 70,000 new ones are filed every day in this country. Um, you know, the barriers to entry of what it used to be to file a lawsuit have all been dropped. And it used to be attorneys couldn't advertise or they couldn't take contingent fees. And there were very strict ethical rules. Even the rules of civil procedure required you to state your case very specifically. All that's gone. I can sue you for anything and you have to respond and I'm going to get my day in court. Um, and so it makes for a very uncertain marketplace. And as entrepreneurs, we're pushing the edge all the time and that scares us. And, and that's why that's who my clients are. No, and it's uh, having gone through you know, a few lawsuits along the way in multiple businesses <laughs> and uh, you know, talked to some of my more successful billionaire friends. I have one that has 400 lawsuits going on currently. Right, and right. I think he's one of the most high integrity guys I've ever met in my life. And yeah. it has nothing to do with integrity. Uh, it's opportunity. And, and, you know, and, and I have a, a very good friend on one of the boards of a, one of the major Silicon Valley companies that they will not ever settle. They just have this rule. Yeah. And, and even there, the amount, the wear and tear, people still go after them left and right. And yeah. so, the, you know, there's this, what I do like about what you said, Douglas, I hadn't heard it expressed that way, but I think that's actually brilliant is the, you know, this is something, you know, we want to get all the things that we can off our plate. I mean, you know, as entrepreneurs, being an entrepreneur is hard enough, but if we can get rid of some of these concerns, those big five that I've talked about and just get them off so we can focus on doing what we're really good at, that, you know, uh, uh, a good friend, Dan Sullivan of Strategic Coach, he calls it the unique ability. If we can take our unique ability and really run with it, serve the marketplace and not worry about these side distractions as much, 
that can be extremely powerful. So, you know, so, you know, we've got a whole bunch of entrepreneurs uh, listening to us or watching us on video and, and, you know, they're, they're going, okay, yeah, I'd like to, you know, I like this concept of protecting my assets. Uh, I'd like to not ever have to worry about lawsuits, you know, unjustly uh, lawsuits. And, you know, we're always going to be responsible for our own negligence and doing something stupid. So, so we shouldn't do that. But the other side, you know, how, how do you advise, you know, when somebody comes to you and they're, they're thinking about, you know, doing something beyond kind of the classic, you know, buy insurance and, you know, transfer some of the risk? Well, it's individual. I mean, I, every client comes to me, and, and the first thing I do is I look at their financial assets, um, all their assets. So it's you know their their real estate, their liquid assets, their four hundred one k's, their IRAs, their investments, their private companies, and of course their their primary business or what they're building. And we determine if it, if it's at risk. Um, a lot of times, some people will be surprised to find that you know they're actually pretty well protected. They happen to live in Texas, and their biggest asset is their home. Well. Texas unlimited homestead exemption is enough, or their biggest asset is their home and their and their ERISA plan, um, their defined benefit plan has five million dollars in it, and they live in a two million dollar home. They don't need any asset protection, but more often than not, it's kind of the other way around. They they have some assets that are protected a little bit, but most of them are on the table, and so we look at that. Uh, from there, we look at what their risk is, and I can tell you if they're coming to me. It, it, they already are worried about it, and so I know they need it because it, they're worried about it, and that's that's what we want to get out of the way, the fear. But we still, we look at their profession, we look at their industry. Um, I've got lots of entrepreneurs that are doing things where the biggest concern they have is the FTC because, mm -hmm. you know, the FTC doesn't like successful marketers, so um, that's a big risk. Uh, I used to have more doctors. Now it's really pretty rare that I have a doctor walk in the door. It's entrepreneurs and it's marketers that are, are leading the charge. Um, but we look at it individually. I tell them what it is they can do, uh, present it very clearly, make sure they understand exactly how it works, and then um, and then you know then they have a roadmap to follow if they want to move forward with it. Yeah, and and you know what what I see is on my side is you know whoever the highest profile yeah. uh, entrepreneurs. I mean they become you know as you become more successful. You become a target, and it's uh, presumed that you have wealth, and that, and you know, they're, they're, it's easier to have lawsuits uh, come to you. And and obviously, you know, you mentioned, you know, so we're saying high profile as well as the you know type of business you're doing in what state you're domiciled in. I know in California, where I live. Uh, there's not an unlimited home. Well, there's the a homestead. It's, I think yeah. it's <laughs> I'm not sure. I think it's $7,500. It's not, it's not going to, or maybe it's 40. It's some dollar amount that's not, that doesn't co quite cover the average home in Silicon Valley. That's right. And so it's, you know, it's very uh, specific to, you know, what your situation is and also where you're domiciled, the uh, type of business that you're doing. You know, what are some of the, you know, maybe take us kind of through a, a hierarchy of, of, you know, kind of simple things as entrepreneurs we can do to protect ourselves through, you know, where if somebody is looking to go even, you know, to the more extreme. Because, you know, as we, you know, the challenge always is, the, you know, how, 
as we do this, we can do some simple things and it's pretty easy and then we get it off the table, but we can do some extreme things and, and you know, there, there are consequences of doing this as well. And uh, it can make us harder to do business and lose control over some of the, uh, of the assets. And so, you know, I mean, you know, people as entrepreneurs, we're kind of controlling type. Yeah. Uh, Doug, I don't know if you are, but I, I know I, I like to be a little bit. And, uh, you know, how, how do we, you know, kind of give us a little of that hierarchy of what, what are some of the solutions? And, you know, and, and we're doing this. And one of the things I want to put a caution to all the entrepreneurs is we're doing it, you know, just kind of sharing ideas. You know, it's not about the idea or the strategy or tactics. This is everything very personal. So you want to work with, you know, a professional that actually gets this stuff and if you weren't going to proceed with it. But let, with that caveat, what are some of the, um, you know, the, the strategies and tactics that are available to entrepreneurs today? Well, uh, I mean, that's a great question, John, because it really is important. How do you go about figuring this out? What I would recommend is start at the top, not at the bottom. In mm -hmm. other words, don't start at, well, I'm going to, you know, put some stuff in a, an insurance policy because I heard it was exempt in my state. Um, you want to start at the top and understand what, where you're going or where you may already be. And that means really getting with someone, as you said, who really gets this stuff and doing a full analysis so that you understand what the, what the platinum version of it is in your case. From there, it's very easy to peel it back and say, okay, I'm going to do this, this, and this. So when someone comes to me and, and says, okay, let's do a full analysis, if they need everything, what everything looks like is an asset protection trust, is, is the, the cornerstone of the plan. Um, and the way I do the trust is, they're, they're, you're correct, most people are very hesitant to give up control. Um, and they want to, you know, they want to, they don't want to just to say, oh, this offshore thing in some faraway jurisdiction, I'm just going to trust them. Um, so understanding how you can keep control and still protect your assets, that's usually combined with some form of domestic tools like a limited partnership, limited liability companies, all the things that you know and that the listeners here probably know and already have in place. And then it goes down to the, um, you know, to the, to the bottom level of the assets and where they need to be placed inside of that. Um, once you're done with the, the high-level you know, 360 analysis, it's very clear. You'll know exactly what's protected, what you can take are the easy steps, the quick and dirty ones, um, and then you know, what you would do if you really wanted to fully protect everything and, and how you can keep that control piece and yet still have the protection. I know this is one of the things as entrepreneurs that we enjoy an advantage that because we can have different structures and yep. the way we're setting it up compared to somebody that would just, you know, pure financial assets or, uh, you know, non-business operating businesses. There's a lot more flexibility and creativeness that can be done here. Where do you see the mistakes, uh, Doug, you know, that entrepreneurs are making, you know, when they're, they're going out and getting advice on the, uh, you know, I mean, there's no shortage on, on the internet. You know, yeah, type yeah. in asset protection. I, I haven't done it, but I, my guess is I'll get a, well over a million responses oh, yeah. in yeah. you know one tenth of a second. And there's some good advice. There's you know certainly there's no shortage of uh, you know former asset protection people who are now in jail. You know, or their clients are. How, how do they sort through you know making smart decisions on this? Because this is something that you know they want to take care of if it's an issue. And put it aside, and not you know be looking over their shoulder that they're 
something that's going to be getting them, you know, whether you know, it's a, a lawsuit, whether it's the, you know, a government action, that type of thing. Right. Well, okay, that's, a, that's another great question, John. The number one is, is that asset protection is not tax planning. They don't go together. And all the people that have gotten in trouble that are sitting in jail today, they basically were selling uh, abusive tax structures designed to you know, reduce your taxes, calling it asset protection, um, and, and using you know, lots of uh, constitutional reasoning and pure trusts and all these things that sounded really good. And, it, and they would cite chapter and verse to you, but it was out of context. It, yes, it's true. You can have a pure trust. doesn't mean you don't have to pay taxes on it. So um, that's the number one is don't put them together. Asset protection should be tax neutral. It should not increase your taxes. It should not reduce your taxes. Um, it really needs to be seen as a pure field of law that is done just to protect your assets. Uh, probably the second biggest mistake is, is un the misunderstanding of the use of the domestic side versus the use of the international, the offshore side. Um, and the international side is, is 30 years old. The domestic side of it is half as old as far as the trust part of it is concerned. Um, and it, it, is, it is very important that you understand the distinction and the limitations of both. And um, I'll, just quickly to say, the domestic side is more popular but is much more limited and you have to be very careful. Um, if you're considering doing a domestic asset protection trust, I would really advise you to think twice and make sure you understand what the limitations are of that. Yeah, and, and certainly because that's become a little bit more popular this, uh, more recently, there's less case law. You know, we don't have as much guidance and, and uh, rules change here fairly quickly. <laughs> so, well, you put it this way, it's, it's half as old and it's got, uh, you know, four times as many bad cases and, and many failures already, particularly in California. I mean, California has outright said, if, if you create a domestic asset protection trust, for us, it's a fraudulent transfer. It doesn't matter if you had no problems when you set it up. So certainly a California client would never, ever, ever, ever use a domestic asset protection trust. No, that's great. Now, now when, when we look at this and, you know, we look at kind of protecting assets, yeah, there there's typically, you know, they're going through this, you know, inventory of what we have, where we are, who we want to protect. Uh, what are you seeing uh, that's keeping, you know, more, you know, as uh, you have 4,000 clients. I mean, that's a huge amount of clients, but it's really a small part of the population right. that could benefit from this type. And what what's holding people back from actually, uh, you know, they've done the analysis, they've got the recommendations. What's holding entrepreneurs back from actually executing this? You know, that's, that's a really good question as well. Um, it's a combination of not feeling comfortable. They haven't got, uh, they haven't done enough research or spoken to the right person that really has helped them understand it. And you brought it up. There's a big component of this, which is the control versus the ownership component. Asset protection capitalizes on the difference and the distinction between ownership and control. So you can own an asset, you can have the beneficial use of it, it can be yours in all, you know, for all practical purposes, and yet you don't have to physically control it. And when it comes to standing in front of a judge and, and, and withstanding an attack, that's the key point. You can't be in physical control. That's what scares a lot of people. They think that that, that is just too much to ask for. Um, done correctly, it's really not. And when people get done speaking with me about it, they understand that it, it, it's, you can have the control 
right up to the point where it doesn't make sense for you to have the control. And believe me, at that point, you have no problem giving it up. And this is a concept that really no other attorney that I know of uses. Um, I call it a bridge. You know, it's a bridge trust. It, it, it bridges the domestic trust with the foreign trust, allows the client to stay in control and have the ease of use of a domestic trust, but the protection of the foreign trust. And, and I think that's why I've grown to be the largest asset protection attorney is because I've kind of solved their biggest concern, which is giving up control too early. Now, what, you know, one of the things, Doug, you know, your clients who have done this, who have executed it, and somebody comes after them, how is it different once they have an asset, asset protection type trust, your bridge, um, versus someone who didn't go and execute? Well, it's, it's massively different. So if you have your asset protection plan in place, it's funded, it's there, your assets are in it, and then you have a problem, you have a lawsuit, you have an attack on the wealth, you have an investigation, whatever it might be, um, the assets are already in the plan. So at that point, all the things can occur to take the assets and move them to a more protective place, which might be offshore um, in, a, in a Swiss bank account. If you don't have the plan in place, you cannot then put your assets into the plan after you have a problem because that is the definition of a fraudulent transfer. Transferring your assets with an intent to delay, hinder, or defraud a creditor. Transfer refers to legal transfer, in other words, transfer of title. So in an asset protection structure, you've transferred the title before you have a problem. You physically moved the assets after the problem comes up. But that's not legal transfer, and therefore that's not a fraudulent transfer. Um, and that's the key distinction. Where this plays out, John, is in the negotiation. Because you know lawsuits are just negotiations. That's all they are. And once the other side realizes that they don't have access to your assets, um, their economic incentive to continue to pursue goes way down and ends up with a settlement much more on your terms. Yeah, and that's that's the one thing I love about doing it right is that I have seen that play out. And you know, yeah. I've seen the pain, the agony of a full-blown lawsuit without the asset protection side. And, you know, at asset protection, I always look at it that what it does is it forces people to the table a lot quicker because, uh, you know, no, you don't. When you know it's going to cost you an awful lot to litigate something, and with uncertainty of you know what level of assets you're going to be able to get, that usually gets everybody together pretty quickly, and it gives you a strong, as an entrepreneur, a strong negotiating position. So yeah. let, let me go. I, I want to go change to this segment here, and this is the book of the day. And uh, you're a well-read guy. What what? What would you recommend to your fellow entrepreneurs? Well, um, you know, there, nowadays there's so many books coming out. They're all really good. I mean, there's, there's a stack of 10 that have been released in the last 12 months. Um, you know, the Made to Sticks and, the, and all of those, they're great. Um, but frankly, the one I find myself just going back to and going back to just as a concept and just kind of, it just pops up to my mind a lot, um, is, is really the classic, uh, The Tipping Point which was Malcolm Gladwell's, you know, really uh, first big book on, on how things tip. Yeah, and me... where I see this is, is it, it, it's not just in the market, you know, of fad tips, but in, your, in the way you execute within your own business, um, your idea or your understanding of something, it just kind of tips. So I, I see it coming up all the time. Um, I mean, for someone who missed that one because they, you know, it's old now, I would go back and read it. Well, I mean, I'd even recommend to reread it. It's one of those books yeah. that... Uh, 
you know, that tipping point for entrepreneurs is really an important thing. And little things make a big difference. And uh, uh, Malcolm does a great job of sharing some uh, super stories on uh, and methodology of doing that. Okay, yeah. you had another book you wanted to recommend. Um, well, again, this one is, is, is also a little old by now, but um, I think he did a great job of just kind of getting a certain set of stuff out of the way, and that was Tim Ferriss's four-hour work week. Um, you know, uh, you and I know, I'm sure Tim doesn't work four hours a week, certainly not today. He works many four-hour four work weeks. Yeah, I mean, he's, Tim is yeah. one of the most uh, disciplined, hardworking guys I've ever met in my life. Uh, yeah, exactly. So, so, but, but what he brought up in that is that you can think about stuff in different ways. It doesn't have to be the same old, same old. He's constantly pushing and trying to reinvent how he does something to see if he can do it more efficiently. Yeah. I think that book is more about efficiency than it is about you know working four hours. Away. Yeah, it really is, and it, it's if you haven't read it, I would encourage it. Tim's got a a great podcast as well and blog, and I mean, yeah. he's just yeah. a fantastic. Uh, you know, he's out there experimenting on himself so he can right. <laughs> help other entrepreneurs. He does a great job. Let me go yeah. to the next segment. And this is the application of the day. Um, you know, when you're thinking of applications, Doug, wh where does your mind go for your fellow entrepreneurs? Well, it's funny. When you asked me that, that question before, I actually pulled out my phone and I started looking at all my apps and, you know, what I use. Um, but... The thing that's most important, the thing that if I lost would, would radically change my life is my CRM, you know, my, my customer resource management database. Um, and I'm, I'm working with attorneys all the time, coaching them, I'm building a network of affiliate attorneys. And, and what I'm shocked at is that most of them don't even have a basic CRM. The value of a CRM, of the value of a place that you can digitally store, organize, and, and contact your list is, is immeasurable. Um, so it's not really an app as you know that, but it is. It, it's, it's the lifeblood, I think, of your business. No, and I, I totally agree. I think the, the sooner you can get to one database where everything's there, you, you do. I mean, in today's world, there's so many add-ons to whether you're using like Infusionsoft, which is kind of a marketing uh, CRM, to Salesforce, which is kind of one, the, the bigger enterprise type. Right. There's so many add-ons that you can do to, you know, I always like the term, Doug, that you know, once you, you, you got to nail a client experience, whatever that you're looking to do, you got to do it really well. Then you have to scale it up, and there's no way you can scale it up without a great CRM. Right. Let's go to the last segment here, resources. And I'd like to go um, on your website, and uh, let me pull that up here. Tell us what's available for you know, people who want to learn a little bit more about asset protection here. Yeah. Um, I I, again, this is one of the areas where I really learned early on that it was critical to have a great website. So I, I put a lot of energy into it. So um, there's literally thousands of, of articles pretty much on any subject related to asset protection. But the thing that I, I found most valuable as far as building the business and what my clients tell me they appreciate the most and, and attach to and were able to, you know, kind of get to know video. Uh, so we put a lot of effort. I think there's almost 100 videos up there. Again, on every topic, I'm, I'm constantly creating new ones and changing how I express it and how I explain it. Um, the current video that's on the home page is, is, is almost brand new. 
Um, and I talk specifically in there about those concerns and explain the bridge trust and how it works. So um, I would definitely encourage you. I, I have some clients call me that say, oh, my gosh, I feel like I'm, I'm talking to a superstar here. And I've watched all your videos. And all I can think is, oh, my God, how could you watch 100 hours of video of me? <laughs> That's just not right. Uh, but when they come to me, they know. They know who I am, and um, and what they find is I'm the same guy on the phone as I am on the video. Uh, I think that's really important is just to be who you are, and, and, and that's what people want. So that's what I would encourage is just go there, watch a couple of the videos, and, um, and, and see it with you. Yeah, I would totally agree. I mean, that's, uh, Douglas, we got introduced by a mutual friend, uh, uh, ben Altadano and uh, Ben is super guy, great marketing, really serves the chiropractic uh, marketplace very well. And, you know, I hadn't met you and I watched a number of your videos and it, they're very clear and concise. So let's let's go that next step. And I, what I want to do is the uh, next segment is play back to you the key takeaways uh, that I would like to share with our fellow entrepreneurs. And, you know, I'm, I'm looking at my notes and it you know, really... I want to go to the first segment where we talked about entrepreneurship and what you did that was so great. And this is one that we all need to do. And we have to remind ourselves is that we want to listen to the marketplace. We want to pick an area that we can really serve, that we're passionate about, that we, we want to be a hero to our clients. And you chose asset protection. You've gotten deep and narrow into it so that you can bring that unique perspective to those clients and then also it's not only delivering the experience but then you have to run with it and you have to attract a steady stream and use the tools that are available and you use both you know local workshops also the internet you've used videos and again much of what you know classically attorneys don't use second thing i want to do is i want to go kind of to the next area where we talked about asset protection and in to me, this is something that's very important for all of us to think through. It is that you know, it's two-thirds of us as entrepreneurs want to make sure our assets are not unjustly taken. And, and it's in the back of our mind. I mean, I'm, I'm surprised even on simple, affluent, you know, not complicated uh, individuals, they oftentimes are very concerned. And in my mind, maybe even more concerned than they should be. But to the extent you can take it off the table, um, that's very important as an entrepreneur is you have more success. You know, the nice thing about being an entrepreneur is you have more success, more opportunities come. Also, some of these negative things come too. You know, more people are willing to help you part. And, and the big thing is to look at asset protection correctly. It is not a tax you know, uh, mitigation strategy. It can be a tax avoidance strategy, but that's uh, unfortunately illegal. So <laughs> you, you don't want to do that. You want to understand, and I always like the term that, what it does is it forces people to the table quicker and you have a strong negotiating position and that's really what it's for. But work with a top professional and you know, as a top professional, uh, Doug, I wanna thank you for joining us today. You know, take the information that Doug and I shared. You're, you're, I always end with your clients and your future clients are counting on you, but all your stakeholders, your teammates, your partners and your family are counting on you to do a good job to protect those assets so that you can serve your clients well. Wish you the best of success. Exceptional, remarkable breakthroughs. AESNation.com.